This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Sam Dumphy. Now, we have the best rugby team in the world, even before our team won the Grand Slam on Saturday. We were ranked number one in the world. We have done things that were really undreamt of in the past. We've gone to the Southern Hemisphere, beaten New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, and we've beaten all the other nations in the Six Nations Championship this year. The culmination was on Saturday. It wasn't a great game. It was very scrappy at times, and England weren't the soft touch we expected them to be. But this is a World Cup year in September, I believe, and we are determined to cover it as well as we can on the stand. And it's a great pleasure to invite Matt Williams to join us, Matt, is an analyst with the Irish Times, with Virgin Media, and with Matt Cooper's Today FM programme. He has a wealth of experience himself in the game as a coach, and he is, of course, Australian, and doesn't like it when you mix him up with a New Zealander. Matt, thank you very much for joining us on (laughs) the stand. It's a great pleasure. It's some time since we spoke now, but like everyone else in the country, I'm very proud of this team, and indeed the sort of emergence of rugby in Ireland over, what, a decade and a half now? Going back to Ronan O'Gara, Paul O'Connell, Brian O'Driscoll, we have always produced great rugby players, but this seems remarkable. First of all, let me ask you specifically about Saturday. I think we had a lot of injuries. There would have been a huge amount of tension for the players with this golden opportunity, as it seemed, to win the Grand Slam in Lansdowne or the Aviva. What do you think explains Saturday's performance? Was it nerves? Were we depleted? Or did England just rise to the occasion? I mean, I, I think it's probably a little bit of both. As, as you well know, we quite often forget that our great players in whatever sport are still human beings, and in, in this case, probably with the exception of Johnny Sexton, relatively young. Yes. And, and you know, it's the first day, the first opportunity in a 127 years to win a Grand Slam at the home of rugby in Ireland, which is, is Lansdowne Road, where it's always been the home of rugby and football there since, since the 1800s. And I, I do think the occasion got to them. They made errors that they just haven't made for a long time, uh, Todd Furlong, who is a phenomenally skilled 
player, probably the most skillful tight head prop in the world, made, I think it was three pa- uh, errors on his passing. I can't remember him making one. Like, I, I, we were talking about it. I was trying to remember seeing him make an error on his pass in the last – in all the time I've watched him play, and I can't recall one, and he did three. And I think that was uh, definitely a, a major factor. But England simply couldn't play as badly on Saturday as they did the previous week at Twickenham, where they were just horrible. They let in a, a record uh, score against them. The French were quite magnificent. But again, Eamon, there's, there's the human factor. that yeah. They had nowhere else to go but forward. They couldn't come off that pitch and be accused of doing what they were accused the last week, which was not turning up, not representing the jersey with the pride. And, and you know, they, they came off the pitch with their heads held high, even though they were well beaten in the end because there was a red card and they were a man down. But I think all those factors came into play. On the other side of that, once that game was won, and it was won really uh, probably with about 18 minutes to go, and the tension dropped out of the Irish players, then they started to play really well. So I, I think we can, on that evidence, we, we could put it down to, to those factors. Definitely a, a tense, nervous uh, group of young men and the opposition wanted to have a lot of pride about their performance, and I, I think they did. Now, Matt, the last 10, 15 years have been wonderful in glimpses. Nothing quite as sustained as this, but we have had great, great players. And we have Johnny Sexton now, of course. But we had Ronan O'Gara, we had Paul O'Connell, who is now back in the coaching setup for Ireland. I want to ask you about that in a moment. We had Brian O'Driscoll, and what a great warrior and a great player he was. Then we had the Joe Schmidt experience, where we did very, very well. And we now have Andy Farrell and these new group of young players, which it staggers me. Dan Sheehan, for example, who really, I don't really follow rugby closely, but the, the pace and the, and the, you know, getting the job done, the technical ability. And then we have people like Peter O'Mahony, who's somebody I always watch. Everyone keeps telling me, well, he won't be around much longer. But his passion for it is amazing. Let me ask you first about the difference between this group and the Ronan O'Gara, Paul O'Connell, O'Driscoll group that, as a young man, Johnny Sexton came into. It's a wonderful question, Eamon. Um The 2007 World Cup, Ireland was in France and Ireland sent away that, that generation. Yeah, Ron. excuse me interrupting you, Matt. I was at the first game, and it was it was diabolical. Yeah, yeah, it 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 was absolutely shocking. And that they were the guys that I'd coached at Leinster um, a few years before, and you know we, they're an exceptional group. That generation, exceptional group, in that that they form friendships that that last a lifetime. They're amazing. Not that not that every sports group don't do that, but I met with me as a coach that, that once I stopped coaching them, they stayed in touch. So even though I co- I was coaching Scotland, I was very still in in very close contact with them. And over the years we've talked about it because they failed at that World Cup. Yes. And and they can't even put their finger on it. They, they don't, but to their credit, they don't blame the coach. They don't blame Eddie O'Sullivan. They can't put their finger on it. Then at certain times 
as you alluded to, under Joe Schmidt, they won the championship. We won, and, and under Declan Kidney, we won a Grand Slam. So at times it has all come together. But it's like, Eamon, all the pieces of string at the table and no one's been able to tie it up. Yes. Until Farrell. And what, what this is, there was, you, you need a national philosophy. So what do I mean by that? Sounds like it's, you know, some airy fairy talk. It's not. It's a way of playing the game from, from when you are a junior that moves through your junior age group teams, you're under 16s, you're under 18s, you're under 20s, into your clubs or provinces as we have in Ireland and onto your national team. And we've never had that. Now, I've been calling for that since I arrived in Ireland in 99. And basically what's happened, you, had to, you, you came out of your provinces and then you had to learn a different way of playing. The national team played differently or a unique way to the provinces. There was no continuity. Yes. When you go to New Zealand, I took a, a schoolboy team, an under-18 team there. I went with them. They were great kids. Two or three of them went on to be international players. And they played Christchurch Boys High, uh, a very famous rugby school in, in uh, the South Island. That team was playing exactly as the New Zealand side was. They had the same systems, the same setup, the same structures. Obviously, they're young uh, uh, men. They weren't as good as the seniors, but they were playing the same philosophy. Yes. And that's why New Zealand dominated for some years. Well, I came through with that in Australia, where Australia won two World Cups in 91 and 99, and everyone had the same philosophy of running rugby, ball in hand. Now, what Andy Farrell did two years ago, almost to the day, uh, he was facing the sack. There's, I have very little doubt about that. They came out against England, they played okay, that saved him. But up until that, after Joe Schmidt, the two years after the World Cup in 2019, Ireland were terrible. They were all over the shop. There was no progress. And to his great credit, he's looked at Leinster and said, okay, Leinster schools, so the great the great schools within Leinster like Gonzaga who won this year, St Michael's, Blackrock, Congos, they play a certain way and that feeds into the Leinster Academy who play a certain way and then the Leinster team play a certain way. So we're going to adopt that philosophy. It's going to flow through into the national team and I'm going to pick up, uh, this is what, uh, Andy Farrell did pick predominantly a team based on Leinster playing Leinster's way. Yes. So that the players didn't have to change hugely from their, what they're doing week in, week out with their provinces to what they're doing with the national team. And so the adaption and the change was very little. So that was the technical and tactical side of it. And I think there's another part of that that, um, and, and Eamon, you know this, Great coaches have a way of taking the pressure away from the players. They yes. have a, a way of, of making you believe in yourself and making you relax and wanting to play for them. And I think he's mastered that um, by empowering his assistant coaches. He brought Paul O'Connell in, as you alluded to. I think yes. it was a master stroke, an yes. absolute master stroke, and empowering those assistant coaches to go about their business with him really at the top, almost like a general manager. Yes. Keeping, the, keeping the players happy, keeping the, the situation as light and as enjoyable as he can. And you can hear the players like Puro Omani saying it's the most enjoyable uh, uh, national setup he's ever been in. And what we've seen from those two senior players, John, uh, Johnny Sexton and and uh, Puro Omani, is, is not a it's like a rejuvenation of them. They haven't even, like, you, older players sometimes reinvent themselves. They, their pace might go or their skills might drop. So they, they change the way they play where to, to adapt to their age. Omani and, and Sexton haven't. 
they've just seemed to have youthened as the term is yes. going. They've, re, they've rejuvenated under this system. And you're seeing the, 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 uh, there's one other part. Was I, I passionately believe I'm going to tell you, and people criticise me for saying this, but I, I'm going to keep saying it because I believe it deep in my DNA that a national team has to play in a way that reflects the national character of the people. Yes. And they are playing that. They're playing a creative, expansive, joyous uh, way of playing our game. It's brilliant to watch. It's fun to play. It's sexy. Inspir- it's inspirational. Yes. And here's the other thing, Eamon, it's winning games. Yes, and the, 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 the point of it, it seems to me as a former soccer player, that to play that way initially when you're young and when you're playing for someone who say results are everything, it's very, very difficult because you need some courage to do things that are creative, imaginative, and that don't rely on short cuts or, or brute strength. Yes, yeah, and, and I mean, you saw that on yeah, – there's two aspects on the weekend that, that back that up. One was the very first penalty Ireland got, and Ireland behind 6-0, and it was a very kickable penalty right in front, and Sexton just turns his shoulder and says, no, we're kicking for touch and we're going for a try. Yeah. Like that, ta- that takes bravery. And it, I sat there and said, take the three, mate. Take, just take nice. the penalty. That's, that's easy. And no, we believe in ourselves. And then on Sunday – the Irish under-20 side also won a Grand Slam, first ever back-to-back Grand Slam by any team yes. in the history of the Six Nations. And these young kids were down in Cork. It's bucketing rain. England again showed up and were, were making life difficult. And these kids ran the ball from everywhere. They were just brilliant in how they were. They just believed in themselves and they kept going. So, no, we're gonna, we know we can do it. And, and so, therefore, you're getting this if you like, this culture of saying believe in yourself, back your skills, your skills are good, this is the way we play, be creative and show show some joy in the game and reflect our character. Let's go for it. Let's take these guys on. Don't be scared. And th- those young guys who won the Grand Slam, they, they, they've done it two years in a row, so now there's a culture of this is the way we play and they'll take that forward into their future careers. So it, it, it's all and, – and as I said at the beginning, Eamon, finally – We've got all the pieces of string on the table tied up, and it's all making sense. Yes. It's all, there's a global picture because every national coach in every sport is is a hostage to the systems below them. Yes. And if you've got good systems below you, like New Zealand had, have had for, for 20, 30, 50 years, and Australia had. I, mean, well, I was brought up in a fantastic system as, as player and coach, and then they dismantled it through – uh, neglect of their administration has been appalling for two decades. They've just got themselves off the deck now and they're starting to rebuild. But you can lose it as quickly as you can gain it. Right. And and, and so right now Ireland have it, but they've got to watch over this like, a, like a, a family business. They've got to keep it together because it can slip away very quickly. But it, it, right now they're in a very, very good place. Yeah, there were two or three key moments. I watched all the games in the Six Nations Instead of watching the Premier League, incidentally, because I find rugby without the people pretending to be injured and diving and all that rubbish that you sometimes get. Soccer is a game in decline. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Two players I want to ask you about. James Lowe, he scored an amazing try. He's got a lovely left foot. He's a Leinster player. He's got 20 caps, I think. And the other guy that fascinates me is Dan Sheehan. Now, he emerged on Saturday, but he didn't emerge on Saturday, but he, he made a serious intervention when Ireland needed it. He's got, only got 17 caps. He's, he's aged 24. Again, he plays for Leinster. It seems to me that when rugby turned professional and Ireland came up with this idea of the four provinces, it was a stroke of genius in that we seemed to get an advantage that meant that we did well in the so-called club competitions, but we also prospered as a national team. 100%. I I was actually around the time. It's quite funny because... uh the the when we came out of the amateur era, the IRFU was dominated by well-meaning amateurs. Yes, and yeah. who hated the concept that we were going into professionalism, detested it. And what happened was they just sometimes didn't make any decisions for a couple of years, and and then they look back and because they did nothing, it actually turned out to be the right thing to do. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and they claim it was a masterstroke when in fact yes. they were. They were all caught up and they couldn't do anything, but they followed their historic lines. And, you know, those four provinces have been around for 120 years and they've played all these games. Whereas across the water in Wales, I played for a club called Swansea. Swansea, a very famous club, all whites. They The first club to beat uh, New Zealand, Australia and South Africa. So your ex-player's got a tie, it's got the swan, it's got an osprey on it and it's got the, the emblems of Australia, New Zealand, South right. Africa. It's the club boot them all. They then amalgamated 
Swansea with their arch enemies, people they hated who were just down the road, which was Neath, who were all black. So you've got a white team and, a black, and the all black team in their strips, put them together and said, you're going to be the Ospreys. And they hated each other. Right. There was no coming together of the people. And that has been the, the disaster that is Welsh rugby now. So what Ireland did by following the traditional lines, and I would say that Australia and New Zealand and to a lesser degree South Africa have done that as well. They've stuck with what has stood by them for 100 years with the Waratahs and, and Queensland, the New South Wales and Queensland along our traditional provincial lines. But by doing that, young people are growing up, men and women now, and they're, they're coming to the games as 7, 10, 12-year-olds saying, I want to wear that jersey. Yes. I want to be there. They've got loyalty. They've got, they've got skin in the game. So they'll stay for lesser money because that's the team they were brought up on. That's the team they want to be associated with. That's their home, their parents, their, their, their friends at school. That's the club that they started with. And so you've got this huge emotional investment. And sports are very emotional a beast, you know. We, we look at Saturday. It was incredibly emotional at the stadium. There afterwards, one of the most emotional uh, moments in sport I've been involved with. But they've invested in this emotional tie between the people and their teams at provincial level. So these guys are playing for something more than themselves. They're playing yes. for for their club, where a lot of a lot of other places in Europe they're not. And we're getting these great performances from the, these people. So Dan Sheen, for example. Comes through the system. He's a schoolboy. He's played. Un- he's in the academy under nineteens, and this guy is, a, you know, in old in old talk six two six three. He's he can run the fifty in about five four. His acceleration is extraordinary. Yes. He's a big man, beautifully spoken, great team player, and he, he is just a superb, supreme athlete. He, here's the other thing, Amy. If we if we come back. To, to what Leinster are doing, and I've, I've, I've coach Leinster, people say I'm biased I, and I'll put my hand up, I love the club. But we have got a club there that is uh, winning in Europe and when they win in Europe, they lost in the final last year, but let's say they're very yes. successful in Europe, 21 of the 23 players were born in the province. Right. Like, you know, yeah, and yeah. it's yes. just staggering that Ireland can be winning and competing the top end of Europe totally with, with players born and bred in the province and, and developed in the province. Like none of the French clubs do that. None of the English clubs do that. And and obviously Munster are doing the same thing, Connaught and, and Ulster as well, probably just not being as successful but still staggering. And then provide 15 from uh, Ireland. You know, we've got 4 million people on the island and, and within the Leinster region, 15 from within the Leinster region, even though two of them are New Zealanders that we've qualified, as in James Lowe and Jamison Gibson Park, yes. are playing and winning for the number one team on the international stage. It's it's absolutely staggering what Ireland have done. And and it's not – when I go back to Australia, it's recognised there. They, the people come to talk to me about how wonderful the Irish system is, but it's not necessarily getting that same uh, self-awareness of how wonderful that that is in Ireland at the moment and how extraordinary the journey is. Yes. From, from my first game was in – I got off a plane in 1999 just before the World Cup and Leinster played Munster at Donnybrook. Keith Wood was playing, Ron O'Gara, uh, uh, Brian O'Driscoll. The names on the field were incredible. 800 people were at that game. Yes. 800. Yes. And, and now, we, you know, we're getting le- – le- uh, the same two clubs played a decade later at Croke Park and at 85,000. You know, that, that's sort of a reflection on how much this game has, has grown. You couldn't buy a Leinster jersey when I got here. 
and and now like they're they're everywhere. You wouldn't have seen the kids at the matches yeah. like we've seen, and 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 then to see this Grand Slam and and the whole development where we've really got a shot at a World Cup doesn't mean we're going to win it, but we've got an honest shot at it now. Right. I'm going to come to the World Cup, but before I do, there's just a couple of more things I want to ask you about, Matt, and I'm very pleased to tell our listeners that you're going to be with us through the World Cup, God sparing us all. Johnny Sexton, I've interviewed him and I have huge admiration for him as a person, as indeed I do for Ronan O'Gara too, although they were rivals and they they have similar roles or had in Ronan's case and he's a coach and coaching successfully now in France. Johnny Sexton, he seems a remarkable leader, even to someone like me, who doesn't know the finer points of rugby. But as a man, he just seems to be a really classy guy. Mm. Yeah, he, he, he is. He, I mean, you've been around them when you get an individual that is not only exceptionally talented in their own right, but they set standards and demands yes. of other people within the team and they, they drive an organisation. Yes. And if you drop below their standard as a player or a coach, they'll let you know. O'Driscoll was very similar. Yes. Brian, Brian you know, it's it, it, probably different. Brian didn't show his grumpy side as much as, as Johnny does. But if you, you know, when you coach Brian or you're around him, if you didn't live up to his standards, he, he'd let you know about it yep. pretty quick. So what... Sexton's done. Sexton was obviously in the same team as O'Driscoll for many years, and he has stood on Brian's shoulders, in my opinion. So what Brian Brian dragged his generation forward. Brian and Paul O'Connell dragged their generation forward, but they didn't have um, you know 30, 35 quality players around them. They just yeah. just didn't have quite the numbers. Now this Irish team has quality players going into the thirties, high thirties that could play Test rugby, and Johnny has stood on Brian Scholes, what Brian and Paul set in place, and he's taken it up notch after notch after notch. And he's kept playing long after I thought he should. Yes. And he's proved me absolutely wrong. He's been absolutely exceptional and has driven those standards. And you can even see when he – I was right on the sideline. He's coming off on Saturday night. Everyone knows this is his last Six Nations game, one of his last, if not his last game at, Lans- at Lansdowne Road or the yes. Avoo. And he's got 65,000 people giving him a standing ovation. And all he is doing is giving out about having to come off being injured, asking when am I back because I want to play for Leinster, and then yelling at these players, don't don't lose this. He didn't acknowledge the crowd. He didn't even look up. Yeah. The guy is obsessed. Yeah. And and the one thing I've got to say about Johnny is I haven't seen him smile a lot in his career, and it was so great to see the joy in him after that game with his family doing the lap. Cause yes. He needs to get some joy out of all the, the things he's doing, but he's so driven that the only joy comes from lifting trophies, which is which is you know great credit to him. Now, the last question is this: For now, we are seated number one in the world. If that's the right phrase, mm. we're ranked, should we say, number one in the world. Does that confer any advantages to us as we go into the World Cup in terms of? who we might play, and it certainly does in most sports. And secondly, what do you think we've got to do to 
really leave a mark on the World Cup by possibly winning it or getting, well, I suppose, given the standards that you've referred to throughout this interview and that we've seen from this group of players and the coach, I suppose anything less than winning will be a severe disappointment. It it will be. I mean, it will be. Um, draws in World Cups are not fair. They're chance. And the way it's structured in rugby, it's it's where you finish in certain times of, of, of the calendar. The rank, if I come back a step, the ranking system is not something I really um, rate, and I, I, I have sympathy for the ranking system because we don't. Not every team plays each other every year. For example, Australia play New Zealand three times a year and South Africa twice a year. Um, Ireland have only played South Africa once since 2017, so it's not it's not a perfect um, it's not a perfect tool. However, when you're Ireland and you've beaten Australia, South Africa, uh, New Zealand, Argentina, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and France, you don't need you don't need to be a, uh, an accountant to work out you're right at the top. So they are at the top. They've got a tough draw. They've got France in their pool, and they've got South Africa and New Zealand on their side of the pool. The other side of the pool is significantly weaker. Australia, right. Wales, England, and Argentina. So Are Austra- we likely to play New Zealand in the quarterfinal? Did I read that somewhere? Yes. You, well, you, you, you're either, you, depending on how they go within their pool, they, they've, got a very, they've got a very tough quarterfinal uh, in front of them, They're just depending, it could be it could go a, a whole number of ways. It could be France, it could be New Zealand, it could be South Africa. So they're going to have, and I, I my fear is France, right? Because um, right, they're at home. They don't have an away game until the next Six Nations, and then it's Scotland and Wales away. So they're going to be at home for a, almost a year, and that's a massive, massive advantage, right? And the way they played the last few weeks, they're they're back in some. Significantly powerful form. So they, if we we've got to play them once, but if we can dodge them every other way, I think until the final, that would be a huge bonus. Now, the, the only other part, Eamon, World Cups, in my opinion, and I've been involved with a couple. I've been involved with one that they've won, or World Cup was '99. I was on the periphery there. I was coaching the Waratahs in Australia that year when Australia won it. So I was involved a bit. Yes. I was involved in '95 and a little bit in '91. I can tell you that the World Cups are won 12 months out. Teams that win the World Cups have done the work, not at the World Cup, yes. but a year out. And yes. this is where I've got a lot of confidence in this Irish team. And the frustrations I've had over the last 22 decades about so much focus on winning a game that they haven't developed players. And Farrell, to his credit, yes. has, has developed this squad. He's brought... Uh, he brought two teams to New Zealand. He brought another team um, to South Africa. He's he's been really great in saying, someone's injured, you're out, the next guy, you're up, you're good enough. And they haven't let him down. So Ireland 12 months out have depth in key positions. They're playing incredible rugby. They're showing they can beat um, the best teams in the world away from home and at home. So that that guarantees us nothing except that this will we'll go to this World Cup as – as one of the best, if not the best, prepared team in the world for the World Cup, and we'll sit equally alongside France, South Africa, and uh, New Zealand as the as the teams that should be in the final to, and can win it. You made Andrew Porter 
your man of the Six Nations Championship, or was it the man of the match on Saturday? And he's another Leinster player. He's a bit more experienced, 53 caps, 27 years of age. And his he, he's got to get down and dirty. He's one of those players that have to do that. He's a forward, is he? Yeah, he's he's a what we call loose head proper. I mean, yeah, it, it, rugby sort of came out of of these private schools in England, and and even the fact we've got this imaginary line that goes across the field, the offside line. You can see it was all about how they prepared um, the the young men, as it was then in England, for war. It was about you know you're you're in a physical contact. You've got to make decisions. You've got tactics. You've got to you've got to obey the referee who's like a general or your commander. You you can't question back. You just got to do what they say. But if you don't lay down that foundation up front, you're not going to win that battle. Right. And that is still in our game. It still comes. You know, it hasn't changed from that concepts of that. What he does, he does all the dirty work that no one likes doing. No one sees, and and really, it's not it's not. The the uh, the glamorous stuff of seeing the people score the tries or, or or kick the goals. He does all the dirty work, but because of injuries and a few other things, he's had to do play almost every minute of every match. He's done a lot of minutes out there. Yes. He's and he has been exceptional at what he's done and making tackles that he shouldn't have to make, holding the ball up over the line, just doing these tiny little one percenters all the time. In the hardest part, the most physical, confrontational aspect of rugby, he's there the whole time, and very rarely do those guys get the accolades that they should. And I, I just feel without his contribution, and obviously it's a team game, and there's a lot of other people contributing, sure. but without his contribution, Ireland don't win that Six Nations. Really? He, he was quite magnificent, putting himself up there with the best in the world in his position. Okay, Matt, it's a pleasure to talk to you again, and we look forward to talking to you when next the rugby team come into our focus. I mean, the sport has grown its presence now. Unfortunately, my own sport of soccer is diminishing at the same rate they're growing, maybe faster. But we look forward to talking to you during the World Cup and good luck with everything between now and then. And I should say, Matt is an analyst for Virgin Media for the Irish Times and He'll know all about where the dangers are from the Aussies. I once interviewed Matt, <laughs> Matt and asked him, I asked him, what's the difference between a New Zealander and an Australian? And we couldn't get off air while he went into a three-hour monologue telling us <laughs> precisely what the difference was. Suffice to say, they don't like each other. Uh, Thank you very much, Matt. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. I'll talk to you later in the year. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Matt. We're grateful to Matt, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash 
Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.